Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform, a weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our host and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at VetsBeyondTheUniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Mally Mancia, and joining me today from Vets Beyond the Uniform, I have Paul Sevalani and Dave Beadle. On today's show, Paul and Dave will be talking with Bill Kiefer, President and Chief Advisor of Kiefer and Associates. Welcome, everyone. Wait, Great thank you, Mallory. Here. Hello there. Great to have you all. Hey, good morning, Bill, and welcome to the show. We're glad you could you could make it. And I'm going to kick this off right up with a burning question that I have for you. Um, we've done a survey before, or we've done a survey about what veterans-friendly means to uh, veterans looking for, for employment. And there was a 50-50 split that, you know, some of them felt it meant eh, it was a good thing that veterans really, or that the employers really cared about the veterans, and some just thought it was a marketing thing. So one, I want to congratulate you because not only have you um, achieved the designation of a veteran-focused organization, which is impressive, and for our, our listeners who don't know that, uh, Vets BTU grades and has an analytic um, um, grading system to take employers from veteran ready to veteran, a uh, veteran friendly, veteran ready to veteran focused. And Kiefer and Associates has gotten up and, and got to veterans focused, which were really impressive. What I want to ask you is, what does that mean to you as an employer to one have that designation, and then to two or two? What does that mean that your company is doing a little bit differently, and, and how are you doing that? No, that's a great question, and uh, I'm glad to share. And, and, and one, thanks for all the work you all are doing in trying to help veteran uh, or help employers understand um, the whole issue of veteran hiring and employment. You know, I think in many cases, you know, veteran friendly. Um, oftentimes gets uh, interpreted to mean, you know, thank you for your service and maybe some, uh, some well-intended but maybe not that value-adding activities on the parts of the employer. Being veteran-focused, I believe, means that as an employer, we're not just trying to do the surface-level stuff that maybe makes things look and feel good. We're trying to get below the surface and really do meaningful value-adding things for the business and for the veterans that are currently employed or might soon be employed by us. You know, um, veterans bring tremendous amount of experience and capability to the work world, and oftentimes, unfortunately, they don't really know what the work world expects. The other side of that is employers need top talent, and they oftentimes don't know what capabilities veterans bring. So when an organization gets to where they're veteran-focused, they're looking across that divide to figure out how they can best present themselves to veteran talent and how they can best engage with veteran talent to make the veteran uh, employment lot better and, quite frankly, to help improve business results also. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you doing that. Now, you yourself, you're a veteran. Uh, we want to make that perfectly clear to everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about your active duty service and what you did and maybe a little bit about your transitioning from the military to civilian life? Did that go as you thought it would? Did you, there was some stumbling blocks in there? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to share. Um, I did 12 years um, active duty as a U.S. Army officer. Most of that was out with light infantry divisions, um, 7th Infantry Division Light and then 10th Mountain Division. Um, got to do a number of things around the world with both of those fine units. Um, got selected along the way to um, teach the Logistics Officer Advanced Course. Well, I was selected for 04 during that period and um, went through a significant um, family life change that caused me to have a real tough decision to make stay in the army um, and enjoy a career that I was honestly pretty good at or um, attend to my family. A tough decision, but the only one I could really make, and that was to give up the career and work with the family. So my transition, um, I had done nothing to prepare for it. I didn't plan on transitioning. Um, So I do not recommend people do what I did. Um, I went (laughs) with no plan and no idea what I was going to do. I was confident, but I was not competent when it came to how to execute a proper transition. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Bill, Dave here. Um, So how did that then kind of lead into what you're doing now with with Kiefer and Associates? Tell us a little bit about how that came about and if it was related to your, your experience that you just shared with us. Oh, glad to do so. Um, yeah, no, it's absolutely related. Um, I got out. Uh, my first job was uh, doing economic development work for the local county, which is meaningful work, the creation and retention of jobs, um, but it doesn't pay well at all. Um, I continued to network once I landed in that job, and I eventually uh, landed a job as a training manager for an 1,100-person air freight facility. And that started a uh, 22-year career uh, where I rose very quickly to enterprise-level uh, leadership roles in HR and talent management. Throughout that entire civilian corporate career, I always worked informally with veterans, helping along the way so they could maybe have a better transition than I did, or maybe they could um, overcome some gaps and hurdles that they were experiencing once they landed. Um, and then in 20, um, 2018, I took a look at where I was in life and where I was in my career and decided that I didn't need to do 60, 70 hour weeks and travel 75% of the time anymore. And I decided to step out on my own and start uh, my little coaching and advisory business um, with the primary passion piece focus on helping bridge that culture gap that stands between highly capable military veterans and organizations that are always seeking top talent. Yeah, and that's that's one that you know you and I know each other from previous conversations. That's one that we both really hit on, and it's that that culture gap that is that is really key at helping not only the veteran to recognize that, but how important is it for the for the employer to recognize that? It's hugely important, and you know, um, I, I built a little analytical tool or an uh, assessment tool years ago for other purposes, but it works for this too. I call it a care and aware matrix and take whatever the issue is. In this case, military, veteran, hiring, and employment. 
And I asked, it's an organizational diagnostic, and I ask organizations that I work with to go, how much do you know about, insert the topic, in this case, military veteran hiring and employment, how much do you know about it? How much do you know about veterans and what they bring to the party? How much do you know about the potential business value add that veterans present? And they either know or they don't know. Uh, They may be highly familiar or they may have no idea at all. That scale comes with absolutely no emotion, right? The other axis on that assessment grid is how much do you care? Individually, as leaders in the organization, as an organizational profile, how much does the organization care about veterans, their situation, and the potential value add? And I find that where you have a high level of care and a high level of awareness, as you might think, you've got an organization that's ripe for doing um, um, veteran-focused work well. Now, the important thing on the care matrix or the care axis here is that the downside is not neutral. The downside is negative. And as much as I hate to admit it, I imagine you've all seen it too. There are folks in society that are anti-military, anti-veteran. And you know what? They are what they are. Mm -hmm. It's part of life. So uh, looking at employers, I, I start with that. I go, how much do you care and how much are you aware of what we're talking about here? And then we figure out how to work together to discover if there's a path forward to help close that gap. Hugely employers understand where they are today before they start to dive in and do something, you know, because activity isn't necessarily value added. Busy doesn't always add value. Right, right. And I know I've seen it. You've probably seen it as well where you've got some folks that that are well-meaning that they probably are high on the care, but they don't quite know how to approach it. And bringing with them oftentimes – some preconceived notions. You said they may be they may be aware, but are they are they aware of what what's really true and what's not? So that oftentimes is is an obstacle that you have to that you have to get out of the way as well, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You know, bias and preconceived notions. The unfortunate reality is they're part of the human existence. They, they, they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the other unfortunate piece is that you know, ninety three percent of the population never served in uniform. So you know they're bias and perceptions are formed by their life experiences, which might be nothing more than, you know, war movies or, 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 or something else. Uh, can I tell a quick story? Oh, yeah. We love stories. Please. <laughs> okay. So I had a, uh, a colleague, a senior colleague um, years ago. He was very uh, um, interested in my military background. Veterans Day was always, oh, happy Veterans Day. It was, you know, thanks for your service. Memorial Day was always a big deal. And, and, and he tried to have very stumbling conversations about my veteran experience. And, you know, I opened the door and didn't really get into too much with him. But, you know, he wanted to ask, and I was willing to help him, to help share my story, to help him maybe gain a little more awareness. We came back from a Christmas break one time. Our, our company always closed for the week between Christmas and New Year's. And he, he came all excited. He goes, I get it. I get it. I go, what do you get? He goes, I finally get your veteran experience. I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be good. I said, how did that occur over Christmas? He said, my son and I binged watch Band of Brothers. I get it. Oh, <laughs> oh it, I, it was really hard to keep my composure. It really <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> I said, well, you know what? I appreciate that you took the time to watch that great series. My experience was, you know, 50 years after that and probably a bit different, but, you know, I do appreciate the effort. And then I walked away and thought, what the hell was that? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill, you, you, you should at least be happy they looked at Band of Brothers. Being a Navy guy, I was always compared to McHale's Navy. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that what the Navy's really like? No, but okay. You know, now that you mention that, Paul, I think I can see the resemblance. You can. I don't know. Am I, am I Ensign Parker or I am, am I McHale? No. I, don't say no. Captain Binghamton. Don't say Captain Binghamton. We'll have that discussion. Oh, we'll have that discussion. Hey, Bill, I want to ask you a question because as you do your military veteran transition, career transition work, we, we know that culture is a big – can be a big issue with veterans transitioning, Right. We come, the military culture is completely different than a lot of times the civilian culture. What do you see when you're working with veterans with regards to the culture and what do you do to help, you know, maybe get some alignment in that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think I take a little bit different spin than, than most folks. Um, first we acknowledge that there is a culture gap and I start when I'm individually working with veterans, I start with who are you and what do you bring into the party? really get to a meaningful identification of a culture gap until I know where we're starting from. So when I work with individual veterans, the very first step when we engage is who are you and what do you bring into the party? I have about three dozen different characteristics, dimensions, topic areas that I ask them to just write down their thoughts. It may evolve over time um, to understand who they are, what makes them tick, what they think their strengths, their capabilities are, what they think their pet peeves, maybe their weaknesses are, what's their stance on different issues around society and business. Um, so we can get some kind of understanding of self first. I then extend that and ask them, how do you define success professionally? And we have a big discussion. The idea is to figure out um, not just the what's the job title you want, why do you want that? And that's all used as a launch point for what do you know about the transition environment related to what you're interested in? And that's where we get into, here's some of the cultural things you might find out there. So um, this is not so much a culture example as it is a um, uh, job availability example. I worked with a young man. Usually I work kind of the E7 to E9, 04 to 06 kind of range, but I work with anyone. I worked with a guy who's a young E5 who got out, Army uh, rotary wing repair guy, wanted to do that job in Toledo, Ohio for family reasons. I said, that's great. Go check the market. See what your transition environment looks like. He came back and he goes, there aren't any jobs like that in Toledo. I said, yeah, I know. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to change your geography or are you going to change your job, uh, um, your landing spot? He wound up choosing the geography and wound up getting a decent, uh, actually a really good job uh, in the area. So one of the things I also do about that is I ask folks to think about what they want to do, the kind of business they want to be in, and I help them understand some of the characteristics of those kind of businesses. So, you know, I look at them, uh, I help them look at where the companies or the industries are in their organizational life cycle. If you have someone who is, you know, hard charge and high speed, wants to go make change, wants to be involved in everything and create and implement new things, you probably want to look about whether you should be in a mature, large, 
maybe you're a better fit for a smaller startup. Um, and that's the kind of approach we get into. I also help them get aware of certain things like, you know, what's the impact of not wearing a uniform? And there is an impact. Um, what's the differences related to career management? How are decisions made? Do you know the difference between rational decision-making and irrational? Not that one's better or worse than the other, but they are different. So we have all those kind of discussions to figure out, um, one, make the uh, veteran aware, and two, figure out where they might be a best fit. Yeah, those are those are all great things to ask. And, and I, I know from our experience that uh, so many of those um, topics and issues are never really even thought about from most of the folks that are transitioning. So you know, when you're working with folks, how, how is that relationship set up? Uh, usually I do a lot of my uh, initial contact by word of mouth and LinkedIn. Um, and however we happen to connect, they reach out to me, I reach out to them. Um, I start with, you know, well, what brought you, what brought us together and what are you interested in? Um, where, how might I help you? Um, and then I say, you know, here's how I do business. Um, I, I do business as a coach and a consultant. So um, we figure out what agreed deliverables are. We figure out on pricing. Uh, we write a statement of work. We all do signatures all around. Then we figure out, you know, the mechanics, the scheduling, and the how are we going to do it. And, you know, is it better to do it via Zoom or call or close enough can we do it in person and all that. I'm, I think that's where you're going. Is that yeah, yeah, and I, I want to I want to key in on one one thing that you mentioned here. As we all know, there's forty thousand organizations out there that are recognized by the IRS that support veterans in transition. And mm -hmm. certainly since um, since nine eleven, the nine eleven era of veterans, a whole bunch of that is offered to veterans free. Whether it's mm -hmm. from their TAPS class that they get that's uh, uh, mandatory as they exit the military or things that they're able to find out in the, in the community, you make it very clear up front that this is, this is something that these folks are going to have to pay for. How does that, how does that mm -hmm. conversation go? And, and do you find that, that people are accepting of it, that you get any backlash from the veteran community? Just curious about that. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there is a tremendous amount of, um, uh, free resource available out there, and much of it's very good. Um, each of them do what they do, and I think most of them do it well. Um, that said, um, I am a veteran trying to run, uh, start and grow a business myself, um, and what I offer is valuable. Um, what I offer is different than most. So one of the things I tell you when you start to business is what's your distinctive advantage? My distinctive advantage, quite simply, is I offer insights from the employer side of the desk. I'm the guy, and people on my teams are the ones you all had to get through to land the jobs you want to land in. I wrote the books on how to do it for companies that I, you know, that I was working with. Um, I trained the teams that are going to be interviewing you. I published the processes by which it all happens. So what I offer is not just, hey, here's a guy who went through transition and here's what I saw. I offer you another 22 years worth of experience that says, um, here's the kind of secret sauce behind the screen. The conversation, yeah. I, 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 was on, I was on the phone with a gentleman the other day, great guy. He was appalled 
that I charge? And I said, that's okay. I said, but let me ask you this. In, 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 in an all genuine interest, if you're not going to invest in yourself, why should I invest in you? Mm-hmm. And the co- conversation question. just stopped right there. Mm-hmm. And it, it ended well because, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you got a good point. And he said he's going to check out the free resources. I said, that's fine. Go right ahead. I, and I wish you well. Good luck and Godspeed. And uh, if and when you decide you want to loop back around, give me a buzz. You know, Bill, that you bring up a very good point, investing in themselves, because, you know, they've got, there's got to be some skin in the game for both, both sides. And, and what I mean by that. You know, we, we give, we offer 250 courses and um, for our workshops and we offer it to veterans. It's a free service for veterans up to a certain period of time. And then I think it's six months that we've decided to do that. And after six months, it's, you know, there's, it's a small fee, but there is a fee involved. And what we found out is when you offer something for somebody for free um, and not everybody, but a lot of people tend to take it for granted and not invest the time, the energy, and the effort to help make it successful because they figure yes. they can walk away at any given time. Um, we, we found out early in the game, and this has changed, but we offered, um, I think we offered a workshop for everybody, and it was free, and we put it out there, and it was for transition or as one of those services that we believe veterans need. And, and like you, I'm an SPHR. I'm a former um, big four consulting executive in the areas mm-hmm. of human performance. I've hired veterans. I know what it takes mm-hmm. to bring them on. I know about cultures. I know about that mm-hmm. stuff. So we're offering to that, but nobody took the course. Nobody yeah. felt it was valid because it was a, it was that I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it, but the rest of the team can see it. It's free course. So why do I need to go? Or why do I need to invest it? Or I'll sign up, but never show up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. your statement why should I invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself is spot on and it's perfect. We do have a mission. Everybody on this call has a mission to make veterans successful. But we also ask everybody in the veteran either commit time, money, or something along those times, but make a commitment that we know that you're in here, you've got skin in the game, and we'll work with you. Yeah, Absolutely. Think, yeah, I think that's critical, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and, you know, everybody, everybody has choices. Everybody has yeah. choices. You know, there's 40,000 uh, different uh, uh, opportunities out there if you just count the nonprofits. Um, so I, I am one of many choices. If my solution fits your need, I am happy to work with you. Yeah. If my solution doesn't, then I'm happy to wish you well and, and genuinely do so. That's okay. Yeah, and I think, too, that, that that message, I firmly believe, is going to start getting out more because uh, – and I, I, this goes way back in, in my career when I, I did health and fitness at a, at a high-tech company for a number of years, and everything we offered the employees was free there as well and had some of the same issues. When everything was free, how do you, how do you judge value? Right. How do you, how do you manage um, demand? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we would we would put like group exercise classes out there, and we get flooded with people in the popular classes. But there was no way I could manage demand uh, because there was no pricing. There was no price, so anybody right. would could get it would want it. And again, I love the other thing too about the quality piece of it. There's a lot of great organizations out there that are doing phenomenal work in transition, and 
there's also a, some that aren't. And so mm-hmm. many of them are just focused on the basics. And that's where we also pick it up too. And I think you're, that's why we've had great conversations since it is we realized this process of taking yourself out of the military and putting yourself into the civilian world is not just transition, but it's more than that. We talk about transformation uh, through our services and it's about how do we help you not just get a new job, but make a transformation into a productive and successful civilian career. Uh, absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. And I think the additional challenge to the transition, the transformation out is you're doing it without a framework. You know, when all of us came into the military, we transitioned, we transformed via a highly sophisticated, really well-executed uh, transformation process, right? With basic training, officer basic course, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the back end, does I think it tends to be more technical, tactical. That's important, but I don't think is it's as value-adding as it could be. And then, you know, thank you very much. Here's your 214, and here's the phone number of the VA. Um, We got used to that rigor. We got used to that framework. We got used to that all-supportive culture surrounding us. And come the first day of terminal leave or, you know, 214 day or whatever, you know, day it hits you, you all of a sudden realize it's all gone. You know, when we're in the military, whether you're single, married, whatever, Everything around you is geared towards your success, your team's success, and the successful accomplishment of the mission. And then you get out. And you're faced with a cereal aisle full of choices. And you're not armed to figure out how to assess each of those options, nor how to decide which one's best for you, or, and, or, or, or what to do next. There's no framework around you. So what I like to help folks do is understand what kind of the world looks like. You're all familiar with intelligence prep of the battlefield, right? Yeah. I, I call it intelligence preparation of the career battlefield. And I've got graphics and tools and all that stuff that I use to help put some kind of framework around this very foreign, oftentimes very scary uh, uh, um, environment that our veterans are walking into. Yeah, you talk about that scary. You know, you and I both have worked with uh, folks from the special operations community, and I don't know how many times mm-hmm. I've heard from these guys how, how they are more intimidated and more afraid of leaving the military going into the civilian world than they were going out over the wire and, and hunting down bad guys. Absolutely. And let me ask you this. Why do you think that is? Well, um, it's because it's that unknown. Like you said, there's there's no framework. They don't have a frame of reference. They've been highly trained to deal with um, the environments that they go into, asynchronous environments of uh, you know the battlefield that can uh, you know first contact plans blow up. But you trained for all that. Nobody's That's trained right. then for the civilian side. They don't know what to expect. And I think the other thing that was that's that's big too. We go back to this idea of culture and what. That what's vastly missing these gaps I think particularly with the special operations community they don't think that they're going to find the level of camaraderie and brotherhood they have lived through in special operations out in the civilian sector and it's very very difficult for them to often find it so for them it's oftentimes culture and purpose are like the two top things 
that they have to find in order to make sure that they're going to be successful at uh, at a new career. If they don't, they're going to they're going to be moving on quickly to something else. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know my experience with with folks from the special operations community is very similar to what you described. Um, you know, I often say that uh, uh, employers hire people for two reasons and two reasons alone. Have you demonstrated that you're the best person to one successfully do the work they need done, and two fit well and add value to their team? If you look at many of our veterans, and you, you could argue the special operations folks are a great example of it, they look at, am I going to be a great fit on the team first? Because they're confident in their ability to pretty much accomplish any mission and do any work. And that's not a bad thing, foreign to many employers. So um, kind of understanding each side of the employee, uh, veteran and employer gap, uh, it's really, quite frankly, it's a lot about translating what people are saying so the other party can understand or helping folks understand how to tell their story in a way that lands well on the other party's ears. Yeah. 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 Bill, that's spot on. And I'm going back to the framework for a second because this is kind of a soapbox that I'd love to get on. And, um, you know, it's, it's going back to, you know, the transition groups and that, and we think they do a fantastic job, like you said. Um, but I look at these, these open line online courses, because that's one of the things that we, we talked about that a minute ago, how people kind of go in, they get lost in that. You've got to look at the courses such as edX, Coursera, all these great courses that are out there. But without mm-hmm. the framework, you've got people that go in and take these courses and start and they go off and they want to be a brain surgeon or they want to be a master cook and, all these great courses out there, but they get in there, they get lost, or they get tired, or they they don't want to go to the next step. So um, it, it's part of having that structure, even in that thing. That's part of what we do over at Vets BTU is we put them through their courses. And let's say, for example, Dave always likes to use this example that they want to be a call center person. They want call center mm-hmm. training. So we'll put them into the first level of call center training as a, one of our career success packages, and they go into it. And they take it, they, they start off, they're really great. At the end of it, they go, hell no. There's no way I want to get on a phone call and talk to people all day long. I don't want to listen to their complaints. We pause them. Time out. Stop. What was wrong with the course? What don't you want to do? Well, this is, you know, I, it's just not for me. This is not the skill set I want. We'll redirect them. So maybe it's, it's human resources, or maybe it's something along the lines of project management or office administration or another skill set. We got to, it's, it's part of the framework is you walk them through this, this new type of training, these new skills that they're picking up because you've got one, you've got to make sure that they're learning it too. You've got to make sure it's something they want to do. So I think framework um, as they're transitioning out of the military and even after they leave the military um, is critical to have in place. And, and the other thing that goes to which I'll not framework, and I know we're running out of time now is that it's, it's the coaching and mentoring um, you know, veterans have had coaching and mentoring from the second they went to basic training, right? Mm-hmm. We've had a mentor in there, and whether it was the from the Navy, it was the senior guy in there, what we call the RPOC, Recruit Petty Officer in Charge. You know, he was kind of, you know, they went to him with he either had more education, more skill sets, so you kind of turned with him. My entire, entire military career, 
had that coaching and mentoring, and still today it comes into place. I think that's something that when we work with civilian employers, where you work with civilian employers, it's the coaching and mentoring to get veterans into the civilian employers. And when they're inside a new employer or new work establishment, it's continuing the coaching, mentoring, and training. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's critical. I I think about it a little bit like an air assault operation. You know, you can fly in and land in the LZ, but what's your plan once you're there? Yeah, Uh, exactly. So, you know, I landed a great job and I get in and I go, I have no idea how I'm going to how am I going to survive this culture? How am I going to move? How am I going to integrate? How am I actually going to deliver against those job expectations? Like, oh, no. So coaches and mentors, folks that have gone before you, you know, getting coached or mentored by somebody who has only done what you've already done doesn't really help. You know, thank you. I've never done that. Coaches and mentors need to be folks that have gone before you in the environment that you're going towards. So anyway, absolutely. Well, hey, Bill, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. So we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to let folks know how they can get in touch with you if they are interested in that coaching and mentoring from the veteran side and also, too, how uh, employers might be, uh, be able to get in contact with you. Oh, great. I appreciate that opportunity. Um, the single easiest way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. It's William E. Bill Kiefer on LinkedIn. Um, I do have a website, um, uh, www.kiefer, K-I-E-F-F-E-R-associates.com, um, and those, those really are the two best ways to get me. Um, of course, if anybody wants to give me a call, 419-205-7072. Um, but, yeah, no, it's great. Word of mouth is uh, really how I, I, I grow my business. Those are the two great resources to get in. Um, and whether you're an individual veteran, um, a veteran that's already landed that might need a little bit of uh, 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 coaching or uh, advice, uh, you can give me a buzz. And if you're an employer that's uh, hired veterans, maybe need a little bit of insight on how to better do that kind of work, give me a call. Great. Well, Mally, I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of wrap it up for us and take us out of here today. Great. Thank you so much, Dave. And thank you, Bill, for being a a guest on our show today. And I want to thank our hosts, Dave and Paul, for another wonderful show. All links and contact information for Kiefer and Associates will be posted in the show description as well. And as always, please feel free to check us out at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Or if you have any questions, we can be reached at training at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Be safe, everyone. Thanks, Bill. Thank you.